It's a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. David Harrison of Locked On Bucks joins us coming up in just a bit. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and thank you so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you're watching us on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And before I go any further, I just have to quick apologize about not having a show on Wednesday. Just long story short, some technical difficulties, they've been worked out. And uh, I did record a show for you for Wednesday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move that show to Friday so that you don't miss it. Um, And I'll run that for you Friday. Today, we'll do the crossover show. We also have some news and stuff that I want to talk about. And I kind of teased to this in Wednesday's show, but I'm going to just come right out and tell you what's, what's on tap. I am planning a bonus show for this weekend. It's going to be a live show, and um, it's going to be with special guest, the entertainer. That's right. You guys loved loved him on our show here, and I asked him if he would be willing to do a live show with me, and right now we are planning to do a live show on Sunday, and I'm going to put the details about that show in the show notes. There'll also be, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the details in the community sections where sometimes I post little messages to everybody who's subscribed and who follows the channel. So all the details will be there and I'll keep you guys posted. But right now that is the plan. We're going to go live, which means if you're on YouTube, you will be able to send in your questions and comments for Chris and I to to look at. And um, if you get the Locked on Giants podcast via um, the regular audio podcast platforms and you want to participate, you can send in questions ahead of time like you would for Twitter Tuesday. And we will record the show. It will be available in YouTube after it's done. It will also be available for all the audio pro- platforms that we're on. So hope you will check that out. I'm really excited about it. I loved having Chris the entertainer on before and I'm just excited that he's willing to come back and kind of help us get you ready for Monday night football, the Giants at Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night. And um, can the Giants finally snap a losing streak in prime time? We'll have to find out, won't we? Before we get to the crossover section of the show, let me get you caught up on some of the latest news. Optimism continues to grow about the availability for running back Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has participated in a limited fashion the last couple of practices, uh, that being on Monday and then again on Wednesday. Now, the official practice report isn't due out until Thursday when you're seeing this show. However, everything is pointing in the right direction for Barkley to return to practice. uh, I'm sorry, to return for the game. How much of a workload? I don't yet know what he's going to have. I don't think he's going to see a lot of carries, but I could see him... Uh, getting you know more than a couple dozen snaps in the game. Now, worth noting, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the second best run defense in the NFL. They're allowing 79.8 yards on the ground 
per uh, per game as an average. So my guess is if you're talking about the game plan for the Giants on offense, I wouldn't be surprised if it flows through Kadarius Tony because the passing defense of the Bucks is a little bit um, worse off. I think it's ranked 22nd. And if I'm the Giants, I put a lot of focus on that passing game as opposed to the running game. I do think we'll see some runs. Um, I don't know as of this recording if Devonta Booker will be back. He is dealing with a hip ailment um, as of this recording. Again, I, I I don't believe he's practiced, but it's not not official. We haven't received a an injury report. And the Giants did add a running back, by the way, um, Jonathan Williams, I believe it was. They added a, a running back to their practice squad. And usually when they add a player at a certain position, it's a good indication that there's some question about an injured player at that same position. So just something to keep an eye on. Speaking of transactions, Benardrick McKinney, inside linebacker, was finally signed to the 53-man roster. No surprise there. McKinney's actually been uh, pretty solid in his limited snaps. He had been elevated from the practice squad twice already. So, um, And also last time uh, against the the Raiders in week nine, he was a, a COVID replacement. So really... The Giants had no choice. They couldn't elevate him another time without exposing him to waivers. So they signed him to the 53-man roster. And I think right now, I could be wrong, but I think the Giants have 51 players signed uh, to the 53-man roster. And part of that has to do, obviously, with um, cap constraints. They are squeezed tightly under the cap. But they could also be leaving a roster spot open for Andrew Thomas. So let's talk about him real quick. So Andrew Thomas, the window officially opened on his uh, return from the injured reserve list. All right. So the Giants have 21 days to evaluate him, see if he's ready to return. I do think Andrew Thomas is going to return. However, I do not think he's going to be ready for the Monday night game. Considering the fact that, okay, even though there's been extra time here, give him a little extra, you know, a couple of extra days uh, to get that foot in order. And have them ready on the field for the Eagles game the following uh, Sunday because the Giants are on a short work week. So to my, to my thinking and probably to the team's thinking, it doesn't make sense to activate Thomas for uh, the Monday night game. Let Matt Parrott handle that. You know, Parrott hasn't been that bad in, in the in the uh, run blocking and, and pass protection. So let him handle that. And then look to get Thomas back on the field for the Eagles game. And then at that point, I would maybe look to put Parrott at right tackle and I would sit Nate Solder. I mean, Nate Solder is not in this team's long-term future. I think Matt Parrott probably is. Um, At least he's going to, I think I could see him competing with, you know, Isaiah Wilson once he's up and running and back in shape and at a point where the coaches feel he can contribute. But, you know, I I just don't see any point in continuing to play uh, Nate Solder get pair some experience and let him, you know, continue to get his feet wet and just see what happens. So I'm curious to see if that's one of the changes that the giants make. Again, that, that change is probably still a ways off considering that, you know, I don't think Andrew Thomas is going to be active for Monday, but he's, he'll be back. I'm I'm fairly confident. He's not going to finish the year out on IR unless he re-aggravates the injury or suffers a different type of injury. All right, Jay fans, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the crossover segment. David Harrison, co-host of Lockdown Bucks, joins us to break down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stick around. 
All right, Jive fans, we have more coming up on today's show. But first, if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app called GetUpside. When you open an account on GetUpside, you can get up to 25 cents per gallon back on every time you fill up at the pump. And GetUpside makes it easy for you to cash out. You can choose uh PayPal, you can choose an Amazon gift card, you can have the money deposited direct to your account, so many different ways, and you can cash out anytime you want. And now for a limited time, when you use our special promo code touchdown, you can save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's twice the normal amount. Again, that's 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up with our promo code touchdown. When you sign up for your get upside account, you can download the get get upside app from Google Play, uh, from the iTunes store, and get signing up for an account is really easy. It takes just a few seconds, and the savings do start to add up. So check it out. It's GetUpside. Our special promo code again for that bonus is TOUCHDOWN. And welcome back, everybody, to the crossover section of the Lockdown Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trana, and joining me now is Lockdown Bucks co-host, David Harrison, he is here to help us break down the key storylines of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and give us some insight from the last time we spoke to him way back in the summertime. David, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Monday Night Football, what what better way to, uh, to, to, to reignite this, this matchup? Yeah, and it's the second year in a row the Giants are not only facing the Bucs, but also on Monday Night Football. They faced them last year. And Giants very, very uh, nearly came close to um, upsetting the Bucks at MetLife Stadium. This year, of course, the game will be down at Raymond James Stadium. So a different setting, but nonetheless, the same intrigue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, especially with the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been faring the last, you know, two games, two out of the three weeks with their bye week uh, included there. And nobody happy about the way they came out of their bye week. So I know the Giants are looking to come out of their bye week. Uh, a little bit better and, you know, maybe be the, the second NFC East underdog in a row to uh, to upset the Super Bowl champions, which, you know, seems to be potentially part of the problem is, you know, uh, we it's, you know, the media calling them Super Bowl champions is one thing, but hopefully the uh, the locker room is is understanding that they're no longer the Super Bowl champions. It's a new season and they've got to uh, they've got to find that second gear, I guess, is, as everybody likes to say, and, and really knuckle down because they're getting everybody's a game. Yeah, for sure. So let's start there, actually, with a big picture type of uh, breakdown from you. The Bucks have lost the last two in a row, um, both on the road. What have you seen from them? Is there a common thread or what's going on with them and how have they been responding this week? I know it's early in the week, but what's been the response from them? Yeah, it's 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 lack of discipline. You know, it's, it's self-inflicted wounds, um, whether it be turnovers, penalties. Uh, and then we added a new wrinkle against the Washington football team with drop passes. So, you know, beforehand you were just, you know, when you go back to that New Orleans Saints game, a uh, highly charged game, a division rivalry, you know, the New Orleans Saints are the defending division champs. Uh, the Buccaneers are the defending Super Bowl champions and even players. I mean, Cam Jordan is very popular for being a big trash talker on social media and in interviews. And he's kind of, you know, spent the entire offseason talking about how they owned the Buccaneers for two regular season games. So they were two and one against the Bucs. They just didn't win the one that counted the most. And he kind of dis- dismissed it as, you know, that's their one kind of lucky shot. And the Buccaneers kind of took it as, well, we won the one that uh, mattered the most. And Buccaneers fans have championed that Drew Brees, you know, retired after losing to the Buccaneers and, and all those things. But 
all that emotion kind of came into the game. And, and I think with the New Orleans Saints, you kind of saw a team that is a little bit used to getting everybody's best when they when they go against the New Orleans Saints and and everybody kind of rises up to that challenge, the New York Giants, you know, included. And so they kind of responded in that atmosphere like a like a veteran fighter who's used to being under the bright lights and, and having that attention, whereas the Buccaneers and the way that I put it is that they're not used to being hunted yet. They don't know how to be prey. They're still kind of in that mentality of you know, us against the world. But in reality, it's not you against the world. It's the world coming at you. And, and that's a little bit of a different uh, dynamic that I think the Saints were able to exploit 11 penalties uh, in that game, really shot themselves in the foot. And then you fast forward past the bye week to Washington. You have uh, six or eight more penalties that the, the team committed. But really the biggest the biggest hindrance there was drop passes, tip passes, uh, Jalen Darden, the young wide receiver, kind of filling in on that Antonio Brown role, had a pass early in the game, and before he secured it, before he tucked it away to run, and you see those guys, we see them practice all the time, Patricia, like, they catch the ball, they tuck it, they look up, and they look to make a move. It's it's classic football, but instead he looks to make his move as he's tucking the ball, gets poked free, uh, falls into the hands of William Jackson the third, the first of two interceptions. The second one, purely on Tom Brady, and that's kind of the, the third part of the problem, is that even Tom Brady isn't playing the cleanest football of the season of his career uh, that we've seen lately. So, you know, it, it's kind of one of those, if anything can go wrong, it, it will go wrong. And even the guy that you look to to kind of be your stabilizing factor really hasn't been a stabilizing factor. Now you mentioned the Bucks aren't used to being the hunted. I, yeah. I mean, Brady is used to that having spent right. number of years on the Patriots. And I mean, what has been, what have you seen or what have you heard from him regarding being hunted and, you know, can he help pull this team out of the little funk that it's in? I mean, I think they'll get out of it. You know, I think eventually it'll, they'll, they'll correct themselves and then they'll get to it. I mean, the, the coaching staff is too good. The players are too good. They've been through a similar type uh, experience. You go back to last season, the, the back-to-back losses to the Kansas city chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams, the chiefs one being, you know, probably a little bit more embarrassing on, you know, from a national perspective, because everybody was really watching that game. And, and you're right. Tom Brady, knows what it's like to be here. And I think that's kind of what we're conveying to Buccaneers fans. I remember talking about Tom Brady, not covering him directly, but being like, oh, maybe this is where Tom Brady falls off. Or, oh, maybe this is where the Patriots, you know, maybe this is the year they aren't one of the better teams in the NFL. And what happens? They always write the ship. They always come back. They always pull the nose up out of the nosedive. And they always get things back on track. So right now, I mean, six and three isn't where you want to be losing, you know, back-to-back games against the Saints and the Washington football team. But six and three, first place in the NFC South, uh, if that's your bad news, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that would love to have that kind of bad news going on around them. So the panic button, you know, you're not even lifting the lid on the panic button right now. But another loss, a third straight loss, and and to a, to a New York Giants team that even coming off of a win against Las Vegas Raiders, and, and you know, they're not going to be considered a team that should quote unquote compete with the caliber of team the Buccaneers are expected to be, even with some of the injuries. So another loss here, and and you might list you might lift the latch on that that panic button, but I think. That's what they've got to do is they've got to just kind of get back to basics, get back to the fundamentals of the game, because even against the Washington football team, the game plan, so to speak, wasn't necessarily the problem. I mean, Leonard Fournette has an early drop uh, that, that leads to to a turnover, uh, leads to a punt rather. And then again, they had the two turnovers early on. And then from that point on, they kind of just go into this mode of abandoning the run. Uh, really only one real run out, you know, they had two at the end of the game to run out the clock. So not counting that only one run in the entire second half against the Washington football team. If those early mistakes don't happen, don't put them in the 16 to six hole if they're in going into halftime and those players are executing, bringing the ball in, not having the drop passes that they were suffering from. I think that the game is a little bit different. And then you see in the second half, they kind of came out a little bit better, but by then it was almost too late And Washington's confidence 
was so high that they were kind of in a motion that was going to be uh, impossible to stop at that point. So it's going to be indicative on this team. It's, it's going to be set in the first three drives. I think the first three possessions that the Buccaneers offense has, you're going to find out if they fix those issues or not. And then on the flip side of it, Daniel Jones and then New York Giants offense, if the Buccaneers are committing uh, infractions, you know, before the snap or uh, roughing the passer penalties, defense pass interference penalties, stuff like that early on in the game, then it's going to be, then you're going to kind of get that. Oh, here we go again, type of type of feel. And for as many jokes as people crack about Daniel Jones, he's a guy who's willing to take the chances. He's willing to take the risks. He's willing to run with the ball uh, and try to keep plays alive. So if these Buccaneers defenders are giving them outs with encroachment penalties, with offsides penalties, with slaps to the helmet of Daniel Jones, he's going to take advantage of them. Definitely. Now you mentioned the first three drives will probably tell us what kind of Buccaneers team is showing up. What do you anticipate on offense for those first three drives? What do you think is going to be their plan of attack against the Giants? I think it's going to be what it pretty much always is with the Tom Brady offense is you're going to take what the, what the defense is going to give you. Um, I would like to hope that the Buccaneers are doing some soul searching and some self-reflecting, some self-scouting uh, this week. And they're looking at their numbers and they're realizing that Leonard Fournette is only a 19 combined carries over the last two games. And that's not a recipe for success uh, with the type of offense they run. I know a lot of people say that the short passing game is an extension of the run game. And Leonard Fournette has plenty of touches in the short passing game. So give them credit for that. They are definitely getting Fournette involved, but I think that the short passing game, what it doesn't do to the defense compared to what running the ball through the line of scrimmage does to a defense is very significant. I think if the Giants study uh, the teams like Washington, New Orleans, the New England Patriots who had some success, the Dallas Cowboys who had some success, the Los Angeles Rams, what they're going to notice is Ben don't break. It's a classic Ben don't break defense. That's really been the most successful against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if Antonio Brown can't go, which I don't expect him to, if Rob Gronkowski can't go, which I think he has a better chance of playing in this game than AB certainly does, then that's going to hint, that's going to, to be a big factor on that as well. You keep the defensive shell high. You keep everything in front of you. You rally to the ball. You make the tackles. You kind of hope for some of those mistakes that we've seen the last couple of weeks. And even if you don't get the mistakes, you lock down in the red zone and you force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense to either go for it on a fourth down and risk giving you the ball over with no points or take the field goal, which we all know field goals can keep you in games, but they're very rarely going to win you games. And then you rely on Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, if Saquon can go, whoever else, Darius Slayton going up against his old college teammate, Jamal Dean, maybe this is a game he kind of gets back in the mix. I know he's a little bit lower there on the team reception and yards uh, chart than maybe we expected earlier in the season, but maybe this is a game they get him going a little bit and put some pressure on that Buccaneers team to force it down the field and put some points on the board. So I expect a lot of short passes, a lot of runs, you know, early on in the game. Again, Leonard Fournette got eight carries in the first half against the Washington football team on pace to get 16. He only finishes with 11 because the Washington football team put pressure on them with points on the board, taking advantage of some of those mistakes. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Bet Online is back and better than ever before, offering a brand new web interface featuring more props, odds, and lines than you can imagine. Head to their updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKED ON. So, no matter what sport you're into, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers Bet Online has to offer. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Now, the Bucks last year were pretty much a healthy team. This year, it doesn't look as much as, you know, they don't look as healthy as they were last year. Um, the most recent injury being uh, Vita Vea 
being placed on, um, I think, was he put on IR? Or I know he's got a, a an injury that's going to keep him out of this week's game. Right. Give us an update on where everybody stands, the injured guys on the Bucks, who you anticipate they'll have back for, for Monday night's game and who you think is still a ways off yet. Yeah, so on offense, it's A.B. and Rob Gronkowski that you're really looking at. Gronk, like I said, I think Gronk, I would probably, if I had to bet today on betonline.ag, I would probably say that Rob Gronkowski returns for Monday Night Football, which will be a big benefit to the Buccaneers offense. I don't think Antonio Brown comes back, so I still think you're looking at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, and Tyler Johnson kind of being your number, your top three guys, Jalen Darden in there for a little bit of a speed boost. Scotty Miller is a guy that Coach Aaron's kind of talked about. I'm not really – I don't have enough information to really confidently predict whether or not I think he'll be back on the field. It would be a huge gain uh, for the Buccaneers' offense to get him back as well. On the defensive side of the ball, that's really where things I've kind of gone. I've actually – I saw a Giants fan on Twitter actually just uh, just Tuesday afternoon tweet that basically the Giants are going to be facing a practice squad defense against Tampa Bay. I wouldn't go that far, but it definitely is very, very depleted. Via Vea, I do expect to miss this game. It's a bone bruise and an MCL sprain. He's not on the IR as far as I know, um, but that's uh, the expectation as, as last that I've heard is kind of a couple of weeks. That's, that's basically what we're, we're being told. So of course, obviously I could bleed into three weeks potentially, or maybe he comes back two weeks from now, but I don't think anybody expects him to play on Monday night against the giants. And that's going to be huge, especially if they can get Saquon back and potentially take advantage of that hole there uh, in the middle. In the secondary, Sean Murphy bunting is closer to coming back. I think than Carlton Davis still not sure either of those guys uh, come back for this game, but those are kind of your biggest injuries right there. And that's where the secondary you know, Jamel Dean, Richard Sherman, we're not expecting to see him back for a while, strained his calf warming up uh, for the game against Washington. He was a late scratch. So you're left with Pierre Desir and Dee Delaney, who Dee Delaney also got banged up uh, in the game against Washington. It seems like he'll probably be good to go in this one, but that's kind of what that Giants fan I think is talking about. Pierre Desir and Dee Delaney, Ross Cockrell, guys like that in the secondary, love their effort, love what they've been able to do uh, in the top bowls defense. But if we're being honest about it, they're not even number three corners on a lot of NFL teams. Yeah, now... In terms of, you mentioned the defense and how banged up it is. So the Giants may have Saquon Barkley back. Things are trending in the right direction so far. It's early in the week um, as we record this, but they are trending in the right direction. Doesn't look like they're going to have Sterling Shepard. Um, obviously, they'll have Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, who were benefited from the bye week, right. gotten a little bit healthier with regards to their respective injuries. And they did play in the game prior to the bye week. So that said, if you're the Bucks defense, how are you compensating for all these injuries against that Giants offense that will that may prote- uh, potentially have Saquon Barkley back and a healthier um, Galladay and Tony? Yeah, I mean, if if it's me, I live by the sword, I die by the sword. We're an aggressive blitzing team that plays man coverage. We play physical coverage. We like to keep one safety over the top just as a safety net. But for the most part, we play physical. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play our brand of football. Unfortunately, the injuries uh, and the and the drop down in talent have really kind of taken away from that a little bit. We saw it against Washington. They played a lot of zone coverage, which is not what Todd Bowles defense is typically known for. And then there were there was a little bit less blitzing. They did still blitz from time to time. They brought the safeties here and there. They brought linebacker Devin White. I mean, he he has first two sacks of the season against a Washington football team. And then I think I think the Bucks put out one of just four players since like 1982 or something that have had uh, two plus two or more sacks and 15 or more tackles in a single game. So a great individual effort by Devin White in that game, obviously. But you saw some of the holes there in playing the zone coverage and having having wide receivers and, and, and targets like Ricky Seals-Jones before he got injured, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, be able to find space. And then even John Bates, uh, Washington's rookie tight end after Seals-Jones left the game with the injury. You're going to find space. And if your pass rush can't get home, 
your quarterback is going to have time to find open spaces. And that's kind of the problem is while they're playing zone coverage, the front three, front four rushers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really weren't getting in as quickly as you would like against uh, Taylor Heineke. Did finish the game with five sacks, but too many times and too often, Taylor had plenty of time to sit back there, survey the field. And even times when he didn't have an open receiver, he was able to have time uh, to manufacture yards by taking off and running. Again, something that Daniel Jones uh, will have absolutely no problem doing. I think if you're if you're countering that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense approach, if that's what you get, um, then I think that you're going to have some opportunities for success, especially with guys like Evan Ingram. Um, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season have not covered tight ends or receiving running backs very well at all. So again, Saquon comes back to Vontae Booker. I'd be able to take advantage of that. But then in the running game, Daniel Jones, if he, if he kind of goes through a two-read progression, read one's not there, read two's not there, read three is taken off, I would just tell him to get down. You know, the very opportune to opportune defense. Devin White loves putting some pain on some quarterbacks. So if he uh, if he takes some of those hits that we know he likes to take, it's it's probably going to be a bad decision. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense still one of the best in strip sacks in stripping quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones, as as you know, as your listeners know uh, and viewers know, not not the best quarterback when it comes to that field. So if I'm the Giants, I'm definitely telling Daniel, it's okay if you run, buddy. Get down. Don't take those hits against this defense because they're looking to make a statement. Yeah, easier said than done sometimes yeah. with Daniel. Means well, but sometimes it just, you know what they say about the road to hell being paid with good intentions. So, David, what is the X factor in this game, um, in your opinion, be it offense or defense? I think it's going to be Devin White. I think, I think you know, on the offensive side of the ball, if they get rid of the mental mistakes, if they get rid of the, the drop passes and the, and, the, and the running before you secure the ball, those, those very basic things that, you know, every football player is taught from very early age, just easy to forget as you get into the emotions of things, I think the offense is going to be fine. Still be able to put up 20, 25, even 30 points potentially, uh, depending on how successful the Giants defense is. On the defensive side of the ball, though, I think Devin White really is kind of the catalyst of the whole thing. Coach Arians talked about it on Monday, you know, reflecting on the game uh, against Washington, that if everybody had come out and played with Devin White's level of intensity and energy, they probably win that game. And look, Devin White had, you know, he wasn't imperfect or he, he wasn't perfect. He had a, he had a play uh, there towards the end of the game that Antonio Gibson touchdown run that really sealed the deal. It was pretty much over anyway by that point, but that touchdown kind of officially, you know, put the final nail in the coffin there. Uh, that was that was Devin White's contain, you know, assignment. And he and he blew it and he missed it, and you know that's something that he'll have to own to his guys and in, in the meeting room. But at the same time, if the rest of the defense is kind of playing with that intensity and with that sharpness, they're probably not in that position in the first place. So it's it's kind of one of those self made uh, made problems there. So you look for Devin White; he's a captain on the team. Levante Davis, captain on the team. Those two guys right there in the middle. Uh, again, they've been a little susceptible to tight end routes that come in run, and running backs coming out of the backfield in the passing game. They've really got to be the catalyst here, especially with Vita Vea out uh, to, to bring that unit together, to charge them up and to get them motivated. They had a great week of practice against before the Washington football team game, traveled to the nation's capital and came out flat when, when it mattered the most. They cannot come out flat on Monday night football against the New York Giants or else they're staring down the barrel of a three game losing streak. Yeah. And their playoff hopes probably take a, a dent as well couple more for you, David. Um, what area on the Bucks are you still most concerned about through the first, you know, 10 weeks or so of the season? I mean, really the, the biggest thing, the biggest concern is health, you know, and that's, and that's such a hard thing to say and such a, uh, I want to say a lame answer to give, because there's no, there's no X's and O's, there's no strategy involved in, in not getting injured, right? You just have to stay healthy, but that really kind of has been, been the thing here with this season and every team goes through injuries and everything. But I think that, Part of the problem when you when you bring back all 22 Super Bowl starters and really you talk, you bring back your main 30 to 32 players uh, from that Super Bowl run, 
is you kind of come into the season knowing who you have, knowing what you are, knowing what you want to do, but so does everybody else. So as you start losing those players, you're not just bringing in new faces and kind of changing the identity of your team as you're doing. So you're bringing in lesser talented players and that's a little bit difficult. A lot of Super Bowl teams go through a turnover, but sometimes you can replace one Super Bowl starter with another starter and the drop off in talent isn't too great. It isn't, it isn't terrible. So you still have a decent amount of talent there while your identity kind of changes a little bit, throws a little bit of a curveball at opponents. But this team basically is what it is. And every team knows, you know, the New York Giants, watch football team, New Orleans Saints, you're coming into it knowing what you're going to get from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The problem is you're getting it at a lesser quality because of the amount of injuries that have been taken off the field. And those guys, they're, they're playing well. They're even, some of them are even elevating their, their typical level of play, but it still just isn't up to uh, the brand of football that you're used to seeing from the Buccaneers defense, especially during that stretch. And then the offense without AB and Rob Gronkowski definitely looks different. So that's kind of my concern. The second concern, I think, which would be more strategic is just the Buccaneers tendency to abandon the run game when they fall behind. I think that that's a, that's that plays right into the hands of the defense you pretty much tell them exactly what you're going to do, and you don't force them to cover the entire part of the field. You don't force them to cover from the line of scrimmage back. They can pretty much cover from five yards off the line and back and don't have to worry about the rest of it. And you're not hitting those body blows. You're not really punishing anybody. And then when you try to hit those deep shots or play action, there's really no benefit there because, again, you're only running the ball once in the second half uh, because you're down 10 points. It's really not an effective uh, play calling scheme as far as I see it. You know, Byron Lefwich and Bruce Arians have forgotten more about NFL football than I'll ever know, granted, but it just doesn't. And and the last two games, honestly, are evidence enough. It just doesn't seem to be an effective uh, strategy. And then finally, how do you see the scheme playing out? Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. Um, I still I still got to lean Buccaneers. I still got to go talent over over trends, right? Because we've seen this from this Buccaneers team before. They've come in and they've had some of these struggles before, but they've always been able to kind of right the ship. And I look back to last season, again, the two game losing streak. Um, you have the bye week kind of intermingled in there. This this year is kind of coming in a different order, right? The bye week was in the middle uh, of the losing, but you kind of have that pattern there. And, you know, hopefully again, there go, those guys are looking back at the film and you're looking, you're listening to the media, you know, Players like to say they don't listen to the media and read me. We all know that they do. Uh, they definitely read there. And not for nothing, Devin White sent out a tweet this morning that uh, very eerily could be a response to something that we said on the Locks on Bucks podcast. Not saying it is, but it very well could be. And, you know, so these guys know what people are saying about them. And you kind of have to hope that, you know, the heart of the champion doesn't like being insulted or being, you know, put down or being, you know, uh, critiqued in that kind of a way and being called a disappointment. And hopefully, the, the message is kind of getting through a little bit and really there's holding each other accountable this week as they get ready. And honestly, the loss of Vita Van, him not being on the field could actually, we've seen it plenty of times in the NFL before, could actually elevate the play of some of the people around them as they try to make up for that key loss. Um, so I'm still going to lean Buccaneers on this one, but I got to admit, I wish it wasn't the Giants coming up in this week because the Giants are always a hard out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially in modern football. You mentioned last year uh, as well. So you kind of wish it wasn't the New York Giants coming up this week and in the midst of all this stuff, but that's what it is. And that's what gives me more pause. But I think at the end of the day, I'm probably still going to end up going with like a three to five point margin of victory for the Buccaneers. All right. I'm going to give you a couple of quick stats before Mm -hmm. we uh, call it a show here. The Giants on Monday night football are 25 44 and one overall mm-hmm. and on row games they are 16 31 and one coming out of the bye week they are ranked 27th 
in terms of uh, win percentage. They have a 42.5% post by week win percentage. So they're 17 and 23. Um, if we go by trends, not very promising for the Giants, but yeah. uh, hey, that's why you line up and that's why you play the game, right? Exactly. So going to be an, a good one. The Giants have played the Bucks close the last couple of times and, you know, getting healthier. Hopefully they can, they don't have that post bye week hangover and, and they can come out and fire up and keep it at least competitive. As long as it's not a blowout, that would kind of stink if it's a yeah. Monday night. We'll blowout. see a good game no matter who wins, right? I think so. I think yeah. so. All right, David, great stuff. Giant fans, don't forget to check out the Locked on Bucks podcast. I will be talking Giants with David, be breaking down uh, the various things with the Giants on his show. And that is part of our crossover Thursday series that we do every week here on the Locked on Giants on the Locked On NFL Network. So check it out. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch if you're watching us on YouTube. For David Harrison, I'm Patricia Trena, and we will talk to you again tomorrow, Giant fans.